good, bad, right, wrong, chaos, law. Where do you fall on the spectrum of alignments? Do you have an alignment? Do you sort yourself into an alignment house like, like a Gryffindor or a Ravenclaw? Is your alignment determined simply because you're born a certain way or to a certain species? Welcome to Tabletop Totality. I'm Cody, and I'm here with my friends. Steven. Dale. And Brad. So we're talking, alignment was a big issue in older editions of Dungeons and Dragons. Certainly with like classes like the Paladin, where if you strayed from your lawful alignment you could you know lose all of your powers and get chewed out by your deity things like that alignment now isn't so much a big deal in in fifth edition and to me you know even just from a a story aspect from from either writing a story or watching a movie or reading a book i don't like characters that are all like completely defined with like rigid lines like i i don't like characters that are just they're all all in on on one thought or or um if they have no variation to them because i just don't buy it i just don't think it's real you know i think i think enough people like our world especially is hard enough that you will have good people who sometimes have to make bad decisions or have to make bad moves in order to survive or you know even there's bad people who occasionally do something good how many stories do you hear about you know soldiers on opposite sides fighting and then like finding each other on the battlefield and helping each other or becoming friends afterwards yeah so i don't think everything is so cut and dry so to like when I play a character, like for for me to say, oh well, what are they generally, or like what do they have to like? What's the mold I have to put them into? I kind of have a hard a hard time with it. A lot of my characters tend to be chaotic good because I feel that I can do what I have to um, to do the right thing, or what my character considers is the right thing. And I feel like having that chaotic lets me, you know maybe make decisions that are not the best but they'll get things done even i'm I'm playing a character now this is like one of the first times i'm playing a lawful evil a lawful evil character and um that's even been kind of hard for me because i just don't i don't know i just don't think that people are all just one dimensional you know i feel like things people are more complex like onions mm. stinky layers yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah sure. i mean like, i feel oh yeah blooming onions oh, oh yeah man stinking oh crikey <laughs> like an onion 
Yeah, I feel like alignment in fifth edition and uh, in other games, even um, like I know like Dungeon World has alignments and things like that. It kind of just feels like a uh, like a holdover from older versions of D&D where that kind of thing really mattered a lot to characters um, based on like class stuff, like Cody was saying, like the paladin or the monk or whatever. And like the idea of having a predestined or preset alignment for your character is kind of something that I, I don't really agree with. Because uh, like Cody said, like there's a lot of things that your character might do that might go against their alignment based on um, like what is required at the time. Because the reason for alignments to exist is sort of to um, dictate what your character would go towards in, in terms of the choices that they make. Like, a lawful good character should always go towards, you know, things that are going to help everybody and benefit, you know, the, the rest of the party. So in situations where the better choice is a more selfish one, uh, they, based on their alignment, they shouldn't be making that selfish choice because it goes against their alignment. And, you know, that doesn't make a lot of sense all the time. But because of their alignment, that's what they're supposed to do. And additionally, like the inclusion of alignments kind of creates biases against certain things. Um, like Cody was saying, he, he just created a lawful evil character. Um, and there's a character that I created that I want to play a lot. And based on the concept of how alignments work, that character is uh, neutral evil because they are very selfish and very self-centered. Um, but not in a way where they're wanting to conquer the world or where they are just murdering everybody, you know, so they don't really fall into lawful or chaotic evil. They're just out for themselves, which kind of sets them up as like a more neutral evil character. And I've been told by people, you can't play this as an evil character because I don't want evil characters in my game. Make them neutral. And I was like, but they're not neutral. They're lawful neutral. Like, no, make, make this character neutral because I don't want a, an evil character in my campaign. And it's like, what does, what does the alignment of the character matter in the long run and the overall? Well, I, I think that comes down to, I think that and we even were guilty of doing this ourselves when we were just talking about how we were going to approach this conversation, this podcast about alignment. We were saying like, you know, we we wanted to keep things broad stroke and not get into nitty gritty of like, you know, people doing horrible things to like change their alignment yeah. or whatever. And I feel like sometimes like when you say, Oh, I'm gonna play like an evil character, like that's the first thing people think. It's like you're basically just gonna be like a murder hobo serial killer arsonist yeah. to like and that's not that's not like that's not at all how I would go about doing it. Like I, I mean, there's, there's a time and place for things, you know, if you have a character that's like a super soldier and you're going to get into a big gunfight and blow up a bunch of stuff, like, yeah, that, that mm -hmm. makes sense. It's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Same thing if you're a sellsword or a mercenary, you know, you're going to get paid to go and fight people that are not necessarily your enemies. You're going to chop them down. Mm -hmm. You might think it's okay because that's how you survive, but people say, oh, that's evil. Yeah, exactly. You know, and like, and I just think that it's like it's too restrictive and it's too unrealistic. Yeah, for sure. So I if I can, if I can uh, step in here and yeah, sure. add a an interesting thought, um, 
so the way I always took, and especially the way that in fifth edition, they talk about alignment, um, it's guidelines. It's rule zero, baby. It's very much we have to put something because we want alignments to be a factor and alignments do play into um, certain other aspects of the game. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. They they do influence those things. So they had to at least put something down to dictate how you tell this. And... I think they do a decent, especially Dungeons and Dragons, and I know there's other alignment systems throughout other games that have dabbled with it. And yes, it is old holdover, but as long as you have some form of what you believe the morality of those alignments are, and you you talk, hey, this is what my character does, and this is why they have this more morality. You can still base them in an evil alignment, neutral alignment, or good alignment. And I feel like because people want to not always play the goody two shoes because it doesn't allow them to do whatever they want, a lot of people end up always end up playing in a neutral um, alignment because they can get away with doing whatever they want yeah and i also think that sometimes it's a and not to like call people out but i feel like sometimes it's like a lazy tactic as well to be like my character just simply doesn't have an opinion or a stance on anything you know yeah. it's what i call not not true neutral but too too neutral, neutral. Yeah. yeah and it's it's a bummer because it's just like well what's the point of you know, you're steering this character that you've created and you're in this world and that character doesn't give a shit about anything. And it's like, well, what's what's the point of that? Yeah. You know, and at I, least like, it, you know, I, I'm not saying that you have to take a side on everything, but there must be something in this world that that individual you've created cares about. Yeah. Right. And you it gives think, those alignments also give you a basis on how do you if you're a big role player, alignments are a great thing. Yes, you might not fall into the cookie cutter. This is the alignment. But regardless, anytime any one of us especially creates a character, we have our own moral compass for that character. Like, we have a moral compass that's created for that character. And that's how they follow it. Um, and that's pretty much the whole basis of what alignment is. Just to have that, have your moral compass for your character created so they. You're not just making willy-nilly things because otherwise you're not going to have RP. So that's the issue with too neutral. If you're yeah. too neutral, you're you're going to be like, oh, you're going to run into a situation. And you're going to be like, yeah, this other family slaughtered my family. And you're going to be like, eh, don't really care. Yeah. Where if you're now somebody of a lawful background, you're going to be like, oh, that's wrong. They should pay some like some form of repayment if it's, you know, blood or money to offset the grievingness, or if you're somebody who is now evil, you're you maybe you're gonna be like, oh, all right, I'll go kill, I'll give them the numbers if you pay me for it. Now there's now there's all forms of RP to be had because you at least designated your alignment. And I think that's the hope of what they wish for, instead of being in this 
your your evil act evil. It's remember what you created your character for. And evil doesn't mean they're always going to go out slaughtering everybody. It usually means they're just in in our society for lack of going into it further philosophically it's you're out for yourself you're out for your wealth you're out for your greed like even in dungeons and dragons they like the chaotic evil is their worst alignment and all they say is you're just controlled by greed hatred and personal gain i think the reason that they do it is when you look at the real world there's some serious evil Mm -hmm. and in the game a way of saying all right this person's bad but you don't have to deal with a situation that may make a player very uncomfortable yeah you just say they have an evil alignment and then you don't have to get into it because i think it's a, a good mechanism to make it a little easier so this way you don't have to hear that atrocities yes that terrible thing so I think, I think that's it also where it comes into effect the most. I think it also kind of comes into play with just, um, you know, it's another tool to help the storyteller progress things because that's where you get into like, well, I'm suspicious of this person. I'm going to cast a spell, you know, to determine, oh, this person's a good person or a bad person or. I'm going to find out if this person's a fiend or, or whatever. Yeah, um, for sure. And so it's another mechanic. And it's also, you know, it's a, it's a tool for, for progressing things because you're giving your players an option where like, they might not know that they're talking to a Rakshasa, mm-hmm. you know, that they've been dealing with one for like levels after levels. And they might not know that. Yeah. You know? Um, right. I mean, I I'm not opposed to the idea of 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 things having like a preset alignment. Uh, the the thing that I think should be implemented into D and D and other games that use alignments is more of a fluid uh, system of alignment based on your actions rather than a um, you know, you have your set alignment, and then if you do certain, if you do a certain thing or a couple of things, then that will change your alignment to something else. And honestly, like the 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 system that I think gets it the best that I've played is actually the old Star Wars yeah. game, um, where you have light, you have uh, force points and dark side points, and based on your actions, you gain points. If you do good things, you get force points, and if you get if you do bad things. Uh, you get dark side points, and I feel like that could be implemented into D and D, where it's like you and have even, a starting. Even you could, you had to like, if you wanted to progress and like become like a Sith Lord or something, you had to have a certain amount, yeah, of of dark side points. So they were saying you had to be at a certain point of evil to even get to this class, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like it's a it's a thing that they could easily implement into Dungeons and Dragons or other games that use alignments. So. There is there is something that in fifth edition um that was kind of added in in that in that same mantra. Um and they have a uh, honor and dishonor um point scaling system. So they use it exactly like a uh ability score. 
in okay. a way. Um, and depending on what you do, you get honor for it or you get dishonor. And depending on who you're talking to and what their honor and dishonor scores are, they, um, you can like, so if somebody's more dishonorable and you're also dishonorable, they might be more beneficial. Like they might help you out more where if you run into somebody who's very honorable and you're very dishonorable, they're already not going to like you and word of your stuff is going to get around. Mm -hmm. So that's like very similar in that aspect. It is, it is in like the back rules of how to spice up a game because they do it with honor and sanity to try and so you can play fifth edition similar to Call of Cthulhu where people have sanity scores and it plays out that way. It is there. It is not used much. Mm-hmm. And that's something that fifth edition has added in. Okay. And it's 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 very interesting. I've been wanting to play around with the concept of it. But it is literally just a concept in the book. Like, hey, if you want to spice something up, use honor and dishonor. So now if like somebody goes through and you show mercy to somebody you just beat, like maybe you're in a big war setting and you captured a noble instead of just, you know, beheading them, which would have been seen as dishonorable in whatever culture, like whatever play style you're playing in, you release them. And or you keep them prisoner, but you treat them well, so you're honorable. Um, so you get points for that, and you play it out from there. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm I'm thinking about because in that way, it also if you are playing a game where you know characters have certain alignments and things like that, mm-hmm. um, and they take certain actions that sort of go against their alignments, but not real, like like go against what they believe their alignment is. It could sort of show them like. It could change their alignment, basically. Like, oh, you're playing a chaotic neutral who just runs around murdering and stealing and, and doing all this terrible stuff. That's yeah. more chaotic evil than chaotic neutral. And, you know, or you're playing, you're playing, you know, I heard, I heard a story about like a, a lawful, like I've heard a lot of stories about lawful good paladins who do terrible things to NPCs. Like they yeah. like enslave them and do all this crazy stuff for like minor crimes because they need to be shown justice. And it's like that's a that's a super evil thing to be doing. Yeah. So I feel like like that that system could help, you know, change a character's alignment over time to be like, no, you're actually playing an evil character. You're doing bad things. But it's like, no, but I'm a paladin, I'm lawful good. It's like just because you're a paladin doesn't mean that you're a good person. Well, that's the thing. It's like just because your character thinks that you're out saving people or whatever, yeah. you're actually going around like as a murderous villain. Yeah. You know, so that's where it's like as the DM, you're kind of, you know, like that's one of the things I do like about like in the Call of Cthulhu is that if the character gets to a certain point of insanity, they lose control of their character. The character mm-hmm. becomes an NPC at the keeper's disposal. Yep. And that's also something that um, I believe that was something that they did in in the old Star Wars. I thought there was something that was like, if you had a certain amount of dark side points, but you didn't have like enough like classes or something, like if you weren't like in a specific class, like it would drive you mad. Hmm. I think I think I remember that. It's possible. That's, or that I'm, sounds... I'm, I could be confusing a different game. We that sounds a lot like... of them. 
I mean, considering that that game is just a reskin of 3.5, that is probably a possibility that that was what it was. Because yeah. 3.5 loves to punish people for not but yeah um but yeah i feel like it would be an interesting way to be like well if you are playing a certain alignment and you're going against that alignment with your actions uh maybe it'll teach you to you know start playing your alignment better or just give in and say you know what maybe i am chaotic evil you know or maybe i am <laughs> maybe i am the bad guy well <laughs> maybe i yeah you know well, so to counter that <laughs> i have to say there are older you know older laws or older codes that people used where it would be an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth so yeah that also has to be played into how the character is being played if they're going out just murdering people well then they're not good whatsoever because that's not a, yeah they're know, not well, even if they're if they're yeah. just going after people who kill or steal or do something and then they're returning that where does that lie? Yeah, so that was something that we had kind of talked, I think, about in our Paladin episode. Mm -hmm. um, because the one Paladin I, I played was like, it was a homebrew class, but it was based off of uh, the Norse mythology and like the Norse religion, um, Asatru. And so the, the Paladin had, um, he was quite martial, you know, he, he didn't, care if he had to go in and like crack some skulls to get something done if you were an enemy and you came at him with a weapon he would probably dispatch you yeah you know because that's part of his culture it's like i'm not going to leave this wounded person behind me because he's just going to stab me in the back right you know and one of the examples that we had was that we encountered these thieves and they had stolen from us and we like took like a finger or whatever because they stole something small, we encountered them again, like two towns later, and they were stealing again. And then this time, I chopped off the one guy's hand. And Steve was the DM at the time, and Steve was like, "That's like your alignment's going to change. You're going to lose your powers or whatever." And I argued. I was like, "No." I was like, "In in the culture, is like, no. This is a thief. You know, mm -hmm. he broke the law. He gets punished for it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that was like that's like a cultural thing." And if you're going to get into, this is what we were kind of talking about, like avoiding as a whole for the discussion, but it's a point. It's like all, all societal norms and laws and customs, things like that, just come from enough people agreeing to that. Yep. <laughs> you know, so if enough people agree that doing something bad is the right thing, they're going to paint it as a beautiful picture, even though it's the wrong thing. Well, and I think that's where, again, your session zero, you talk about what hey this is what i this is what i picture alignments being like and this is what the culture is in here and you you know you, you got to talk it out i think with with your all your players from the dm to your fellow you know character players um and just try and figure out like all right if this is how i picture my character what do what do we think for this uh this style of campaign their alignment would be you know yeah i think that's one of the best ways to do it and i think it, it's certainly um i think it's a it's a great point you bring up about the session zero because if you get like you know if you get a bunch of guys that show up to your table and they're like oh well i'm lawful good goody two-shoes paladin and the only other point at the table is like well i'm lawful evil evil 
warlock, like fiendish warlock or whatever, right. like mm-hmm. automatically you're going to have trouble. Like you're going to have problems at your table. So it's a good idea to like kind of hash those things out beforehand. Um, but one thing that Steven was talking about was, you know, he was saying like maybe like the tiniest infraction, like shouldn't really like destroy your alignment and throw your alignment out of whack. You know, and, yeah. and, and I agree with that. And the the wizard, she's a hobgoblin wizard. It's for the Curse of Strahd game. Her name is Graz, which is a shortened version of her goblin name. Mm-hmm. And um, she was exiled from her, from her horde um, because she was studying magic that was outside of their um, their belief system. So they uh publicly like burned her they like scarred her and they exiled her and so she's kind of on a revenge story and she's a lawful evil uh character but i don't play her in the sense of like she doesn't parade around like darth vader or the emperor you know but does she use people absolutely does she sometimes put her allies in bad situations to um get what she wants yes does she respect power even if it's from bad people? Yeah. You know, like that's that's playing up to the lawful evil things. But at the same time, like there's been aspects where or there's been times where she's intervened and helped her party because they're her party. They're her friends, even though that's kind of counter to her alignment and her belief system. Yeah. You know, so well, it's we don't we've also justified that with well if my party dies i'm also gonna die so it's self-preservation it is but it's also like i think of it as like like one of the best examples of it is gimli and legolas gimli and legolas when they first interact like they're basically we're going to throw every insult at one another that we can think of from our thousands of years of being at each other's throats and we're just going to say oh yeah never trust an owl for oh greedy as a dwarf like they're just going to have this back and forth but eventually it wasn't just because they were with the same mission in mind it was because they respected each other and they were friends they became friends so i feel like that's like a good example for like just because like your creature is a uh, or your character is like a hobgoblin. It's like, oh, well, hobgoblins are, are all lawful evil. They don't have to be. Well, it's also, like, I, I don't think that's lawful should. evil can also still have friends. <laughs> but I just, I just don't think that point. you have to be beholden <laughs> to like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can just make yeah. like, I, I know at some point, Graz is probably going to betray her, her party. Because there's going to become a oh, time yeah. where there's going to be an offer that's too good for her and she's going to take it. And that's playing up to her whole thing. And everybody at the table knows it. They know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they're just waiting for the right, you know, for the right event to come through. Now, to contradict that a little bit, I wonder sometimes, like, if a character has evil intentions, right? Let's say let's take your character for instance what if the thing that makes her evil is what she's going to do when she gets the power to take care of the tribe like she's going to wipe everybody out that that hurt her does that 
I don't feel that necessarily means that she has to be evil all the time, or even to the point where she's willing to betray her party to a degree, you know? Well, she, the, the party has kind of an odd dynamic. Oh, super um, <laughs> the, the party barbarian and draws do not get along. Like they have like a total love hate thing going on, which is mostly hate. Yeah. Um, but I depend on that, that barbarian because that barbarian is just a huge damage sponge. So, you know, just let him get out there and rage and hit things with his axe and back him up. But then there's a druid, and the druid and Graz are a little bit more friendly. But I, I don't think that, like I, I, I know that she's going to, she's going to betray at least, at least the barbarian. Yeah, I don't know if she'll betray Gil the druid. Well, I think so. Like that's where that's where you have the conversation. Like yes, they're your Graz is evil, right? In this in this circumstance, yes, Graz is evil, and if somebody offered power, she'd probably take the power but it doesn't mean she wouldn't try and save somebody from being in her path of destruction sure yeah and and i feel like um you know she's very consumed with with revenge that's what she wants is revenge and so she's she's swallowing a lot of uh crap to get revenge yeah so even though she's like she wants to be this lawful evil like you know empress like queen she's not at that level yet you know she's she's not strong enough yet she doesn't have enough skill she doesn't know enough spells and so she's got to kind of put up with people and work with what she has to get to where she wants to be, you know? And there's so if it's like, yeah, like I'll deal with uh, the barbarian insulting me every night and then eventually I'll drop a fireball on him that he won't recover from, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, well, that actually segues into something I wanted to talk about is there's – some in some circles there's a notion that the evil character is going to you know you have a bunch of characters that are fighting in a melee and then they're just going to be launching the fireball into the group of people and that's not necessarily what like a normal evil character would do that's what a stupid evil character would yes do. yeah now if it's that opportunity where you know that you get barbarian's gone down <laughs> a couple of times and it's like well now is the time. Like they've used a bunch of resources, they're weak. They really need a. They're asking me to help them because they're that weak. Like now would be a good time to launch that fireball and wipe them out. But it's all about a waiting game, and that yeah. would constitute an evil character. Whereas the other option of oh well, doesn't matter who's in the way. I'm just going to do it. That's a good way to get your character knifed. If you're just mm -hmm. lobbing them into the melee all the time and not considering the other characters in there, not assisting them. And I think yeah. you can have a good character and an evil character in the same party. And it needs to be explored and talked about beforehand. So this way, they may even potentially work well together because they're, you know, they're similar in a lot of ways or very different in a lot of ways. And that can create a cool group dynamic. 
they don't necessarily have to be, you know, love each other at the end of the day, but you yeah. definitely help out, especially if you have like some type of, you know, paladin or something like that and something else that is a little more on the dark side and could even potentially, you know, enslave corpses to do their bidding or worse even somebody who tortures or you know maims mm -hmm. people and lets them live with that yeah so and, in, and in that situation like alignment really shouldn't be the strongest thing that you know the party is about you know because you shouldn't like because it's like you have like your your lawful good and your chaotic evil characters or whatever together in the party one's willing to do things the other isn't willing to do alignment like if they're if they get along and they're willing to let the one person do the thing that they're not willing to do like the alignment thing shouldn't be an issue between the two of them and that's the whole thing of like well then why like that's the whole problem i have with alignment sort of being a holdover is like well if one character is willing to do something that the other isn't just because their their alignments opposed doesn't mean that they should be at each other's throats all the time just because one is good and the other is evil because mm -hmm. it's like if they get if they get the job done you know but it's like oh they did it oh they did it this way and because of my alignment i disagree with that <laughs> purely based on my alignment i think that that's kind of so that's, yeah. so in the in the one game that Cody is DMing that I'm a part of, and you're a part of it, Steve. Mm -hmm. Um, I play. I'm playing my paladin, and not you. We have. We have. A... Frank, sit down. Don't even comment. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about this game every podcast. Well, roughly. <laughs> I think there's a couple that we haven't talked about them, but no, so my paladin and our rogue are very like are very different, but because of the the aspects that my paladin is like he he's a vengeance paladin he kind of has that john locke philosophy of you know, you know the ends justify the means um so he'll try and do things a proper way but you know if it has to go get dirty he lets somebody else do that um <laughs> and blames ignorance you go he you know he doesn't for the most part, go to that person and say, "Hey, do this," because that would make him evil. He go, he just doesn't say not to do it, right? And and walks away and washes the hand of the situation because he knows, well, down some path, this possibly can happen, and if I don't stay in the way, it has a higher percentage of happening. So I'm not going to stand in the way. And is that an evil? Is that a good thing? You know, you could argue it, but my character is not partaking in either, you know, torturing somebody who is of good nature. They just don't want to tell you what's going on, um, you know, but either way, he's going to get his answers and he's going to get to the end and the greater evil is going to be taken out. Yeah, I do a weird thing with one of my characters who's neutral either where I don't always kill the opponent I'm fighting. And I feel yeah. too many people in role-playing games just outright go for the kill nonstop. Yeah. And I even feel like if I played a paladin, I would do that a lot. Where it would mm -hmm. be, I, I need to try and give him a second chance. You know, depending on which type of paladin. But especially in, like, older versions, that would be the thing I would try to do. Is, yeah. You know? Not well, that was just, like, when we used to... Capture him and, you know... 
talk to them, see what I can do. You know, it was just like when yeah. we used to play Star Wars. You know, the D twenty Star Wars, and you'd have somebody who was a Jedi. You know, like Sean. I remember multiple times was trying to get people to, you know, put down their weapon or surrender. Um, I think one of the times he actually ended up getting a bunch of dark side points was one such situation. Yeah. Well, and, he used to he cut had, like, the arms off with the with the weapon in it, so he would do a whole bunch of damage to the arm, cut it off, and then one time he did it again. Right, and that's the, the, the first. <laughs> the first, the first amputation is like completely on, spot on with like the whole Jedi, like the whole like lightsaber combat thing. Like that's like a a dedicated move they're trying to get to to stop a fight from taking place. A deadly confrontation. Yeah, to be like, I'm going to remove this person's arm so that they can no longer attack me. So, like, when, when Obi-Wan takes Anakin's arm in both legs, like, that's an actual named maneuver for his style of lightsaber combat. Yeah. And he did that in one swoop. He didn't, you know, take off one arm, then take off the other arm, and then yeah, because that would be yeah, because that would be deemed cruel. Yeah, it, it, right. you know, where if you're doing it in one fell swoop, and that's what happens. That's you know, that's what happens. Yeah. So yeah. so I and I feel that more players it adds to the game when you're not knock when you're knocking out the opponents, even if it's like say you're fighting goblins or hobgoblins or something and you're in their territory do you actually get the right to just murder them yeah you broke into their camp you're chopping through their people like yeah they're gonna be mad at you yeah <laughs> you're in their house like yeah. and you you know to a degree i feel too many people are just like oh but the xp well you don't get xp for murdering <laughs> like I don't I, I honestly don't feel that's where the XP would come from. Yeah, you defeated the opponent, but you don't have to kill him. And you can yeah. like, say one time one time Steve did this great thing. It, it was that same campaign with, with my like Norse paladin was he did this great thing where we had encountered kobolds and we had like fought them off and we killed several of them. And my paladin used to keep trophies from his from his enemies that he defeated, and he would make some sort of like, you know, ornament or decoration for himself. Um, so in this case, it was like a cobalt jaw or something, like cobalt teeth or something. Well, from that point on, the cobalt's like they avoided us. They they didn't want anything to do with us because we had attacked them, or they had attacked us. They had failed. And they've lost a good number of their people. Well, then, like, immediately after we got involved in these conflicts where we wiped out, like, this, like, huge army of gnolls, we, like, stopped, like, this whole, like, gnoll, like, onslaught from taking place and saved this village, which, like, directly benefited the kobolds. So then the kobolds were cool with us. And they would, like, come up and tell us stuff when we were, like, out in the plains, like, out in the wild, like, like a random cobalt would pop up and be like, oh yeah, like there's giants ahead and give us like a little like heads up. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of cool that they had come from, you know, they had come from saving one character or just from like your interactions. And 
also having them change so that they're not just set in their ways. Like kobolds are always bad. Well, yeah, yeah. But now if you're taking out their the things that are fighting them, you're helping them, and they're going to be like, "All right, we'll let you keep going." Right. Yeah. yeah. So right there, it's like they're not they're not as cut and dry. Like the alignment system, I think wants you to maybe be a little too cut and dry and i i think it's of less importance than maybe a lot of people think it is like just let your character become who your character like is gonna become because of the story or because of yeah you know what's happening i would almost say like that's starting to be the push in a lot of uh tabletop rpgs is yeah they ask for you know your start alignment and they'll they'll still from all the holdover of oh you know these type of classes you would have you'd find primarily in these alignments but i mean looking at what they did with the paladin class let alone um they are much more violent in their arch classes than they ever used to be um and you can they allow for a lot more justification in those classes for for doing crueler things and still be able to have your powers. So yeah, they cool down alignments work for classes in in fifth edition, and I feel like that's a really good move in the right direction as far as alignment goes. And mm-hmm. like the fact that there are like. Cu- like the fact that it is so cut and dry makes sense for certain things. Like stuff out of hell is going to be evil. Yeah, stuff angels are going devil, to be good like, because. Yeah, exactly. But like, but at the same time, then they're like, oh, but like orcs and goblins are always evil. Like they're always chaotic evil or whatever. And it's like, well, why do they have to be chaotic evil? Like you can't have a good orc. And it's like, well, you can, but that just goes against you know their whole natural whatever and it's like well that sucks because what if i want to have good orcs what if i want to have a whole race of good orcs and it's like i can make a race of good orcs but the book says no yeah no, that's why you say fuck the book because that's what orcs are and it's like that, that's what you say yeah, fuck, exactly. the book, fuck the rules i'm and gonna like, do what is fun for me and my friends and like to a point like yeah them exactly. them creating the worlds um like you're gonna have if uh the the age-old concept is if you're gonna have something that is evil in nature creating something you believe it'll also be evil in nature and that's kind of especially five like dungeons and dragons has always done that concept and that's why like even um like even in like Lord of the Rings, the things that created in Middle Earth that created the Orakai and the Orcs, like what created them was evil in nature. So then they are going to then be evil themselves. Um right. and and kind of you have this concept that certain other races were created more with free will in mind. So that's why you guys can choose what you want. Right. But it also doesn't speak like you, sometimes you have and you see it through all of mythology and and all of these tabletop games you have they explain a race that's created and then they explain that there was a huge revolution and now there's two sides of the races and some of the in the more traditional mm-hmm. sense and others are now more your free will sense so it's it's difficult and i think it's just very much as we always say it's they're all guidelines it's all 
this is kind of what we have an idea for, but anything can change. I think if you right. I feel like I feel like there should Go ahead, Frank. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Neil. Neil, I was just gonna say I'd like you to go now, please. All right. Neil, say something quick. Uh Steven, go. I want you to say something. Frank, it's back to you. <laughs> okay. I was just gonna say that I feel like um if a if a creature is of a certain Steve, level of Steve. sentience, then they shouldn't be like set in one alignment. Like they should have the free will to be whatever alignment they feel is right for that. Like, like they can have like a guideline of like, yes, this race tends towards evil, possibly. But like, it should always be kind of a. But they can be whatever alignment that you, that fits the narrative that you want to create. Sort yeah, of I mean that's. I feel like that that should be. I just think it's like you know it just it poops on the whole nature nurture, you know. No, psychology no. we're just getting into more and yeah. more psychology the more and more we continue well on i know but just because you know that's just like saying like you know it's like the argument for like oh like all pit bulls are aggressive animals mm. and it, well just because some of them were bred to be aggressive or they were kept in environments that forced them to be aggressive does not mean that every single pit bull is an aggressive you know just as soon as you see it's gonna bite you like that's that's kind of what i don't like about it with with like the orcs and and everything you know i get with more like the lizard folk like they say like the lizard folk just kind of has like a lizard brain where like they don't mm -hmm. necessarily pick up on like emotions and things like that like just because yeah. like they're they're wired differently you know it's like some of the star wars races that were like bug like you know they didn't pick up on emotion or jokes or things like that because it wasn't a part of their their species, right? But that doesn't necessarily make them bad. No, and know? that's and that's what I'm trying to different. That's what I'm trying to get at is like I I just feel that you know just because like elves are good doesn't mean like there wasn't a bad elf like and yeah. and that doesn't mean that uh, uh like it's like what Tritz is like the he's like the classic you know he was a drow uh, ranger but he was supposed to be evil. But he becomes this big hero because he leaves the Underdark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and he goes against all of his cultural and societal norms because yeah. what they tell him is right is not what he thinks is right. Right. Yeah. And, but that makes an interesting character, you know, and that's, that's kind of what, like, that's what I feel like you should do with alignment is just like keep it interesting and just keep it relevant to your story. Yep. You know, and just because the book says something like the, the book is talking about orcs and religions of the orcs and creations and like that based off of their specific content. Like, you know, like D&D, &D, I, yeah. I feel like everything like D&D &D always harkens back to what Forgotten Realms or Faerun or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's so, all it's going to be. And that's anybody's content, you know, like even yeah. the stuff we're going to put out, we're going to speak about the general idea of you know this race this creed, like this uh deity this group and it's always going to be the general aspect of it but you're always going to have um you know things that don't go with the norm yeah it I doesn't mean it shouldn't exist it should yeah, right that, that's that's how it is you know right right so and yeah. i think and i think it's just 
it's definitely it's just hard to paint a picture without like you're just trying to do a basic landscape and if you do that you miss a lot of other things that everybody wants like doesn't like you know you're always going to have people who are like oh that's good and that's evil and that's how it is and you're like no that's not it and it's always going to be a fight and until somebody comes up with a better system plan like it works it gets the job done (laughs) i just think that i think that if you keep it fluid Mm -hmm. that you will have a better time that you'll tell better stories yes um and like if i could give like just like a couple examples of one of the big ones would be like um Jamie Lannister from the Game of Thrones uh, books, not the TV show, but the books, um, because you see Jamie Lannister through like six or seven different characters' eyes before you ever get a Jamie Lannister chapter, and you just have this notion that he's just he's a, he's an asshole, and then once you start getting inside of his head, and you're like, well, he's not, he's not so cut and dry, he's not what i thought you know he's not the sugar cookie cutout he's he's something else and you got to see this character evolve like to the point where like he's at his highest point then he's at his lowest point he's humiliated defeated captured all this stuff and like he just has this huge character progression where he ends up changing alignments and and becoming a character that actually people wanted to give a shit about um and i feel like that's something that you could do totally in a game where you could have somebody like it's like it's like the classic like it's the han solo when the the rebels are like come on han you gotta help us and he's like no i'm not i'm not helping you this one's your fight it's not me but guess who shows up at the end and han comes back oh yeah i guess at the you know we've i think we've pretty much covered everything we can with these alignments and at the end of the day it's there's never going to be anything perfect um but if you're if you're trying to be that rules lawyer if you're if you're trying to really just like hammer in oh this is how it should be this is how the book is like are you having a good time is everybody at the table having a good time? Yeah, like why are you here? <laughs> like, there's there might be times and places where you need that, and that's good, and you've established that hopefully in your session zero. But you know, you can't lock down somebody's alignment right off the bat. Things happen, things change. So why, if if the current world is going to change, why can't your character's alignment also change? Food for thought. Yeah. I, think. I think when it comes to alignment, it, it sounds good and all, but I'm just pretty neutral about it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, and, just, and, and, and I think right there. Just, <laughs> well, you know, I just think that, like, it, it, I feel like it's it's restrictive when you just when you paint a character, you say like, this is it. They're, they're just this alignment. That's all they're going to be for the whole progression. Like, yep, I'm just sticking to this thought pattern and this way of existence. And that's it. Like, I just feel like it's, it's denying you the, the real like rich part of the story 
you know whereas like if your character is going out and like going on all these adventures and these quests like mm -hmm. that has to be affecting them in some way it has to be changing them in some way it's not just leveling up and getting new abilities and yeah. new armor and and treasure all the time like they have to be developing as people too yeah. you know well i would i would i always <laughs> say yeah. um like i'm i'm looking at your alignment it's just to get your base character down it's the same thing as the background like the reason there's a reason why a lot of books yeah. anytime you're creating a character alignments in character development it's not <laughs> as a class or as a race it's because it's just your first felt thoughts and where your background comes from and what type of person it is they're gonna that character is gonna develop and it's gonna change three ways to sunday um you know yeah before everything's said and done and let it happen don't don't let it hinder it yeah just let this happen just let it yeah. happen like nice, nice tender moment between your yeah. rogue and your paladin yeah just let it happen let and it then happen. they can get back at each other's throats <laughs> another day <laughs> um yeah i don't know anybody else got any I more mean, thoughts i mean on that's that? all why i keep saying that yeah like like a character's alignment, you can have a base alignment at the start, but their alignment overall should be based on their actions and yep. not just on that initial creation, you know? And it would be great if there was like a mechanical way, and like Neil said, there is the Indian mechanical way to do it, but like if there was in the game to actually do that, that would be yeah. one thing that I would want them to change in the game overall, because I feel like it would help you know, show show players you're not playing your character to the like if you're if, if alignment is important to your character you're not playing based on your initial alignment you're playing this completely different thing because the things that you're doing you know are good or bad or whatever and you need to realize that your character is doing these things that you know you say oh it's just because it's how my character would be because of their alignment and it's like no it isn't you're, you're, doing, you're doing bad stuff and you're doing good stuff you know even though your character is good like you say your character is neutral no they're doing a lot of evil things or they're doing a lot of good things you know your character is is good or evil based on their actions not just because you wrote down that they're you know neutral on your on your sheet mm -hmm. yeah and it's all, yeah it's all about the the the, the ends the means to the end kind of deal like if you're doing something if you're if you're doing a bunch of really really nice things because in the end you're trying to gain trust so that you can betray or or use characters for for your own gain that's not you're not doing good things for the sake of being good you're doing good things for a selfish reason which could be construed as an evil thing you know so that's well it's like you're, a, doing, a, you're doing a bunch of good stuff well that's that whole that's that whole trope isn't it is yeah, that a person, person who does evil things while attempting to do good things that's like the whole the 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 axiom of um the road to hell is paid in good intentions you know yeah. like that's yeah that that's just typical i mean that's like that's flat out neil and i were talking about this the other day is gandalf with the ring He's like, mm -hmm. don't give me the ring because I would try to do good things with it and I would end up doing awful things. Yep. 
you know so i think it's you are capable of having those type of characters where it's like yeah like i claim to be good or i'm doing something for the, for a just cause but my actions are deplorable you know yeah it's like look at like an inquisition you know yeah or i'm yeah or i'm just flat out lying about my intentions you know sure. to gain your trust yeah well i think we've uh we've covered a lot of great stuff here um yeah. i'm sure we could yeah. talk philosophy for another whole hour if not and get no months <laughs> and just get nowhere like philosophy yeah. <laughs> tends to tends to do sometimes 100%. um but yeah, I mean, let us know what you guys think about alignment. Do you like it? Do you end up just using it to depict what your character is right off the bat? And then it doesn't mean anything else besides written words on your sheet. Um, other than that, hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode from Tabletop Totality. And uh, we'll see you next time. Oh, man, that podcast was pretty chaotic. <laughs> well, I think we're done here. <laughs> <laughs>